talk about that we've uh, went over the past couple weeks. Uh, you can find these in your bulletin as well under the dates to know. Uh, we do believe that life is better in small groups. Uh, we've got small groups that meet every single week. And if you have any questions about those, you can see guest services before you leave today. But we have a new group starting here this coming Tuesday. Uh, at 6.30, September 12th. Uh, the new women's study is going to be kicking off uh, here uh, at the church Tuesday. Uh, you can find a, a sign-up sheet right over here at this table behind this first section of chairs, and there's the information there on the screen. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can see Connie, who played piano here on stage. And if you can't catch her here tonight for some reason, if you have to get out of here kind of quick, uh, her number is there on the screen for you to jot down as well. So if you have any questions about that, uh, just sign up at this table back here. And if I think it's almost full, which is a good thing, uh, just flip it over and sign on the back, and I'll let Connie know uh, that you have signed that. And I uh, do want to talk about Journey students as well. We are getting closer and closer to our relaunch, uh, which is coming September 17th. Uh, Sunday nights are going to be called our Connect Times. We're connecting with God and we're connecting with each other. And that's going to be every Sunday, 6 to 8, here at Journey. And then we do have every other Thursday we're going to call Level Up. And that's going to be entirely fun side of youth ministry with games and activities for them to kind of take a break from life and just get here together. Say together. Because we do believe we are better together. And so I need your help uh, with getting kids here on every Sunday and every other Thursday, uh, 6th through 12th grade. And so if you're a parent or guardian, or if you're a student and you're watching this on Facebook somehow, uh, we would love to have you here. And uh, my name's Brian. If you're not familiar with me, I'm the youth minister here. And I would love to get to know you as a parent or guardian and also as a student. So if you have any questions about that, you can find me for more information. But we do want to talk about a trip that's coming up. Uh, pretty soon, and uh, I say pretty soon because this year we're in the last quarter of 2023. Uh, in January, we're going to Gatlinburg for TCTC, the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention, January 5th through the 7th. And uh, I am excited about this for many different reasons. Uh, one, I've been to this before as a volunteer at another ministry when I was in college, um, had a blast. It was a lot of fun, and we are going to be worshiping with about 5,000 other teenagers. And uh, so if you have a middle schooler or know a middle schooler, we need to bring a lot of deodorant, a lot of body spray with us as well. And uh, so we're excited for that, though. It's going to be a fun weekend of worship. Uh, we're going to be having church in the Smoky Mountains on that Sunday coming back uh, that afternoon. Uh, but if you are interested, uh, if your student would be interested in something like this, the registration cost is $70. And uh, I do want to say this as well. I have had multiple Multiple people come to me this past week uh, giving me donations to cover the cost if a kid cannot afford to go. Uh, so we do have funds available if a kid cannot afford to go on this trip. And we never want that to be a reason that a kid cannot go and maybe experience Jesus for the first time in their life. Uh, we do believe it is of the utmost importance. So if you have any questions about TCTC and if you would like to go excuse me, to go as a chaperone sponsor or a student, and you have a student that would want to go, please see me after service, and I would love to get you that information and uh, reserve your spot. We are in a series called Forward Thinking out of the book of Ephesians, and we're in week three, and uh, today we're talking about truth, and uh, we've done many series before about truth and what is truth, uh, but the fact is, is that people are looking more and more for sources of truth than ever before. And a lot of it has to do with this thing right here. Uh, we have access to many different things in life, and we can Google literally anything, say anything. We can Google anything and find an answer. And uh, sometimes you can find the answer for the same thing, but they're two different answers. Amen? You can find the same answer for many different things. But there is only one source of truth, and so we need to look at the facts and ignore some of the, what the world is telling us. So, and in his name is Jesus. Would you bow with me, please? Father, right now I pray for Bobby as he brings this message forward about truth. And the fact is that you are the only source of truth. Uh, there are so many things going on in our world where many people are telling us different things and filling our heads with uh, lies and deception of what they think might be true, uh, but really only what you say is true. And uh, right now I pray that as we are in this series, in this book of Ephesians, that we would look at your source of truth, your son Jesus, here tonight. 
And God, if there's anyone watching with a heavy heart tonight, something that happened this past week or something's going on in their life, or they're in the middle of a storm, I pray that they could find encouragement here in tonight's message as well. God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. guys welcome in person you guys over in this side look like we have more on this side of the room tonight but uh lavanda i'm not going to forget you there i'm going to look at you and say hello to you and you guys who are online if you are catching this uh streaming or if you're going to catch it later we just want you to kind of pull in for a second because we are going to we're going to do a little forward thinking and try to find a way to get past our past and jesus really does change everything so whatever's on your mind whatever's happened I'm going to introduce this series with a little intro, and then I'm going to look at chapter 2 in the book of Ephesians. If you got a Bible, you can go there, or we'll put it on the screen. You can follow along if you're online with us, or you can, in person here, look at that as well on your smartphone device, or just look on the screen with us. So, we said this so far, chapter 1. Here's the good news. There's good news and there's bad news, so let me give some good news first. In a negative world... Positive words are like a breath of fresh air. So I, I really do want to give you a breath of fresh air tonight. And there really is good news. And, and I'll start with that. And here's the good news. The good news is that even if you're not someone who, have been, who has been connected to uh, a local church or if you're not somebody, who's been, somebody that's been in church uh, most of your life, uh, Jesus invites everyone. And so Jesus really is for everybody. And chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, speaking to people who were not spiritual insiders, but spiritual outsiders, he said, all of you, because of Jesus and the cross, that you are invited to the Jesus party. So you're included. We found out in chapter 1 that all of us are included and that we are blended into God's family. You may not know your father's first name or last name. You may not know your mother and where she lives. But I promise you, God knows you. You're not an orphan, and you're not lost in this world to everyone else, and especially to God. You, you matter to God, and you matter to us. And so chapter 1 was all about finding out that we are blended into God's family, even if we haven't been growing up or regular in a church service for quite a long time. And a lot of people during the pandemic got out of the uh, habit, maybe, or out of the routine, and a lot of you guys who are watching online, we see you click and follow us at times, and, and we are both in person and online, and we are a family. We're God's family, whether we see each other every day or not, because God says so. So chapter one was all about you're included, you're blended in, and that we have been redeemed. We really, because of the Jesus on the cross, Jesus uh, covers our sins, and Jesus really does change everything. Chapter 2, the first 10 verses, the Apostle Paul, after telling us that he wants us to have big eyes in chapter 1, that we might see a bigger God, and some of the problems and obstacles maybe in your personal life look like there's no way I'll ever get past this. I'm in way over my head. I've, I've got addictive personality. I've got debt that I could never repay. I've burned every bridge and relationship that I've ever had. I'm not really sure what my future looks like. So the Apostle Paul says, I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that your eyes get bigger so that you see a bigger God, because God is bigger than your problem. That's good news. Say good news. That's really good news. And then he says, I want you to, I want you to discover your real purpose. What, you mean I have a purpose? A God purpose? Yeah, everybody does. Just not everybody knows that. And so we have to help you discover that. God has to reveal that to us. And I promise you that I didn't grow up in a church setting, and I didn't know that for 45 years I would be speaking to audiences and trying to share good news with them. I didn't know that God would say, hey, I'm picking you. 
I want you to do this. But it has turned out that way that God has revealed to me and I've discovered that this is something that God really made me to do. My purpose in life was speak to people like you and you who are online and you in person tonight and tomorrow and every weekend, everywhere I go, uh, it is just trying to find good news like a breath of fresh air. And that's what uh, the Apostle Paul wants us to do. So you might want to write this down. People today, as Brian said earlier, are pretty curious about Jesus. They're not so curious about the church because they've got all kinds of mixed messaging about the church and people at church and people that go to church and what should I wear to church and where should I sit at church and what do they sing at church and all kinds of those, you know, misunderstandings or miscues or not not really sure and confident about what church is about. But a lot of people in our world today really are looking for answers and they're looking for the truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He really is. John tells us that it is God through Jesus who reveals that Jesus is the truth. So write this down. People are curious about spiritual things and they really want to know the facts. So if you go see your dentist on Monday and you have a cavity, you want your you want your dentist to be honest with you, like, sir, you have a cavity. I happen to have a dentist appointment Monday, so I hope he doesn't say that, but I'm just saying, if you go see your dentist on Monday, you want your dentist to be honest with you, but you really hope that he'll not be too brutal about it, that he'll be kind and sensitive and caring in telling us the truth. Amen? So who wants to go and, you know, discover who God is and you know, somebody really try to pour it on heavy and you feel like I got knocked down with a water hose or a fire hose and that's too much truth at once. So slow it down, turn the faucet down just a little bit and I want you to begin to imagine just you. Not all the churches that you've been to or all the other people who have opinions about churches or all the other people who talk about God or Jesus. I just want you to begin to focus for a second that God really does want you to get bigger eyes for who he is, a bigger picture of God and your problems, and that he's working on it, and he's bigger than our problems, and that he really does have a purpose and a plan for every one of us, and you're a part of his plans. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus, you really do. You really do have a purpose and a mission on the planet. And uh, that's the really good news. So now let me give you a little bad news. That's the good news. And then we're going to read chapter 2, the first 10 verses. The, the good news is you're invited to the Jesus party and you're blended into his family. And God has a mission and a purpose for you, for all of you. The bad news is none of us really know how bad we can be at times. That's the bad news. The bad news is we're all just people, and we're not Jesus, and nobody gets it right all the time. Say amen? Not grandma or grandpa or your preacher or your uncle or whomever you highly respect. We're not Jesus, and we're not perfect, and people are just people, and sometimes we cannot imagine really how bad it can be. And here's the other half of that before I go any farther. None of us really do understand how good God can be either. So the the hope of the world still is Jesus. Even though nobody gets it right all the time, we're not Jesus. We have this hope in Jesus who does get it right. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to let you know that we all do have a few cavities. But I'm going to try to do it with gentleness and try to make it kind and gentle as much as I can. But I want you to read the truth about our condition as people and how good is our Father. Good, good Father who loves people like us, who loves everybody. For God so loved the world. That includes us. So here we go. Here's three takeaways that I've got tonight. They're really simple. We'll have notes on the screen. You can follow these on the screen. You can follow in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, the first 10 verses. If you look at this before you came to church, before you sat down with your friend who invited you to church, 
or before your grandma or your grandpa or before mom or dad or uncle or aunt or school teacher or somebody said, hey, you got potential. Before you really knew that you had any kind of God potential, all you knew were all you knew was about the things that you didn't do very well because people told you about that all the time, all the negative kind of things. So if you really look at the way it works in the world for all of us, at first glance, the truth is you didn't get drafted for anybody's team. You didn't get hired by anybody. They didn't put you on their staff. The truth is when it comes to God, initially when you think about this, we were really passed over. And the Apostle Paul begins to describe what that was all about, that you and I didn't make the cut. We got a pink slip because we're not perfect. Our resume kind of got buried on the bottom of the stack of paperwork on someone's desk. And somehow, about the time you were 12 or 14, you started thinking, maybe I really am a bottom dweller. Like, you know, maybe I'm not ever going to really make something of my life. And we started to believe those kind of things. But the truth is, initially it looked that way. So let me read a couple of these verses, Ephesians chapter 2. And Paul, who's writing this letter, is writing to people who didn't use they, they used to not go to anybody's church. They were Gentiles. They were not Jewish. They were outsiders. But when they met Jesus, they came into the church. They were invited inside. So Paul's writing and speaking to us who maybe haven't been regular in church or maybe we didn't grow up in church or maybe we began to think that we didn't have any potential for God to do good things in the world. So listen how he addresses this in chapter 2. As for you who didn't used to know God and didn't used to know Jesus. As, as for you, you were dead. That's bad news. That's really bad news. The truth is, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. We were in the disobedient crowd at one point before Jesus. Before we met Jesus as our friend and our Savior and our Redeemer, and we surrendered all, all of us also lived among them at one time. Even those of you who are at church right now, those of you listening online, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature objects of God's anger and his wrath. So at first glance, when we look back on our life, and we're talking about looking forward and trying to get past our past. So in the past, say in the past, it didn't look so good until Jesus shows up. In my story and in your story, but the story's not over and he's still writing the story of our life and the last chapter's not finished, but whenever it happened for you that Jesus was written into your story, and if you haven't got that part straightened out, let's do it. Let me help you. Let us guide you to make a Jesus decision who really is for everybody, even if you never knew that before, and let us help you surrender to Jesus as your Savior. And have your sins washed away. It's right over there is where it starts. Or it could be down at the river. Or it could be in somebody's farm pond. Or it could be in your bathtub. But get in some tank of water somewhere that you can go under. And you can be immersed into Christ to wash away your sins. And that's when you get that chapter written in the book of life. Where your name's now recorded in heaven. And you get a new family name called Christian. It's not because you deserve it or you earned it or you went to somebody's church. It's because Jesus died for us on the cross, which is everybody. Say everybody. So the story of our life is being written, and that chapter is the most important chapter. And hopefully you've got that chapter started. And for me, it was when I was 20. It was, I was 20 years old. And so that's when my Jesus chapter was put in the story of my life and that I was baptized in April and I was married in July 
and I was drafted in October in six months. All those things happened in the chapter of my life 50 years ago, more than 50 years ago. I'm 71. And that's when that chapter got recorded. And so whether it was when you were 20 or you were 12 or you were 45 or 65, it's that in the past, before that chapter was written, it looked pretty dim and dismal for everyone. Say everyone? Yeah, sure did. And so how bad is it? Without Jesus, it's pretty bad. It's like me going to the dentist Monday and he tells me, you got a really bad cavity and I got to yank that thing out. And like, I'm trying to ignore it. Like, I'm not taking that thing. That's going to hurt. I'm not doing good to do that. How bad is it, Doc? He says, it's really bad. Matter of fact, it might kill you if I don't get rid of that infection and we take that tooth out. That's really bad news. Say, bad news? Sin will kill you spiritually. Just as much as an infection will kill you or COVID will kill you physically. How bad is it? It's like a death certificate without Jesus. There are no degrees of being dead a little bit. You are dead. Spiritually speaking, we are dead without Jesus totally and completely. Look at verse 1. In our old sin habits, the bad news is we were completely dead. Not almost dead, a little bit dead, sort of dead. We were dead. Say dead. That's bad news. That's what I said earlier, but it looks like it. It looks like if you take a glance over the past life that we've lived, that we missed the chance to get on the bus. But it's not over. You've not missed the last flight out of town, the last train out of town. But we do need Jesus. You can fly to the moon. Good luck if you don't have oxygen. You can, get a, you can get a seat if you've got a lot of money to fly to Mars. But good luck when you get there if you don't have oxygen. Even if you've got a lot of money. You need oxygen. And we need Jesus because we have sin. Sin, like death, is deadly. And it's universal. And there are no exceptions. 100% contagious. And you and I are the carriers of this deadly contagion called sin. And it started in the book of beginnings in the book of Genesis in the first chapter second chapter third chapter Adam and Eve well they introduced it it's called I have freedom of choice and I know God said I shouldn't ought to eat off of that tree but I'm going to try it anyway as Satan said it tastes really good and that's where things really got started in the book of beginnings Genesis chapter 1 and we've passed it around ever since so the Apostle Paul is writing to a room full of people just like us who are new Christians or returning Christians or wannabe Christians and he's saying to all of them, you know what? If this is your 14th Sunday in a row or this is your first Sunday in a row, we all have something in common. We all have a past. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look very good without Jesus. We all have a past. Romans chapter 3 says there is no difference. Insiders or outsiders, Jews or Gentiles, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody's going to slip through and fl fly under the radar with God's radar in heaven. We think we're really smart and we can Google it and find out how do I, how do, I do a workaround, God? How do I do a workaround <laughs> And I get to heaven even though I don't have Jesus as my Savior. There is no workaround for heaven. We need Jesus. Say, Jesus? Okay, I'm teaching and you're listening. I hope you still are. Verse 3, Paul warns that we're just being naive and, and we're not going to get away with it. And we're going to make God, without Jesus, we're going to make God madder than a hornet's nest. We're in a lot of trouble. Verse 3 in the message says, it's a wonder in the past God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Say amen. Man, I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. So we were busted and we got pulled over and the jig is up and we're guilty as charged and God says uh, we're all in trouble unless you 
except Jesus. And Paul says in verse 1, chapter 2, that we're all in cahoots with this guy who's the devil. And there's no good way to try to sanitize how it affects everybody, grandma and grandpa and all the best people that we know. Because in the past, but I want to get past my past, and I want to have forward thinking with in order to do that, we've got to know the truth. So I'm telling you the truth tonight so that you can get past the past. In the beginning before Jesus, we were in a lot of trouble. And we were following the ways of this world. Verse 2, part A. Verse 2, part B. The ruler of the kingdom of the air who is Satan. And uh, Paul warns us that, that he will twist things around and that he is diabolical. Verse 3, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. So it's like we're hopping in the sack with Satan himself before we know Jesus. Satan and all of his rowdies. And so no wonder God gets mad. Who wouldn't get mad? We're, his, we're the apple of his eye. We're just not living up to our end of the bargain. We're going to be his... We're going to be his masterpiece, and we're, we are in a work in progress. We're, we're something God wants to work with, but we have a past and a dark side and an evil appetite, and it began before we knew Jesus. And so that was not so good. That was not such a good picture of things. That was really bad news. That's the truth that you want somebody to tell it to you straight, like I've got to go see my dentist, and if I've got a, if I've got a cavity, I better know about it. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, there is no one righteous, not even one. Everybody gets cavities sooner or later. Everybody has sin sooner or later. Nobody's perfect, so nobody but Jesus. And that sets up the second takeaway. The first one is that in the past, it didn't look so good. It looked like we got passed over and Jesus didn't want us on his team. That's what it looked like in the past. But we're getting past the past and we're going to think forward and so here's the second idea. We, we actually can have a big moment, a God moment, where we get called up. And God says, come on, I'm taking you right now. God says, I want you. Say, I want you. Say, I want you. That's pretty cool. I just watched the movie, Big George Foreman, the guy who sells all the grills. The for, you know, that guy. And it's on Netflix. I don't know what it costs, two bucks. You should watch it. Big George found Jesus. Or Jesus found him. And it was in Puerto Rico in 1977. And Big George had just lost his world heavyweight title. And his world just crashed. Matter of fact, he crashed. He died momentarily, he thinks. is what he said. Laying on this trainer's, uh, trainer's table in the locker room in a dirty room in Puerto Rico. After he got gotten beat by Jimmy Young, he says, something happened. I don't know what happened, but I Jesus was there, and he said, I changed forever. I put boxing down, and I wanted to be a preacher and a speaker, and my life was transformed. I met Jesus. He was called up. You can be called up no matter what the past looked like, no matter what your addiction was all about, no matter what your, what your difficulty in life has been, we all can. It's pretty cool. What's so cool about church is we can all have a God moment a big George Foreman kind of moment where God actually puts us to work. Big George came back at age 45 after he had become a preacher in Houston and after he started a youth center in Houston and after he'd written off all of his uh, profits from the Big George Foreman grill, $137 million at the time. He gave it away to the church he started and to the youth center in Houston. It's still there. At age 45, he won that world heavyweight title again 10 years after he won it the first time because he was broke and he gave that away. God can do anything in our life, whoever you are, and you don't have to be somebody famous. You just have to be somebody who believes God can do anything. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Look at the screen. Let's read a little more. You can get called up and you're in the game next. The starting quarterback got hurt. You might think you're the backup, but you're the, you're the guy next. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, 
Y'all need to look at them verses. Don't look at me. Look at them verses. You got passed over. At least you thought so for years. Maybe you still came here tonight and you're thinking, I got passed over. Nobody would really want me if they really knew me. Not true. Not true. God wanted you before you know who, knew who you was. Yeah. God had a plan for you. Even before you knew he had a plan. He still does. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive, spiritually speaking, with Christ. You who were, not, who were outsiders but now have met Jesus. Now you're alive on the inside with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, our behavior, our actions, our choices, it is by grace you have been saved. You didn't earn it. You didn't do something just right. It wasn't because something you could do. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You're headed to heaven. You've got a seat on the bus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches. How rich is God? Rich is, how rich is God? He's so rich that he can cover whatever mistakes we've made. He doesn't ever run out of grace. I'm telling you guys, we run out of money. But God never runs out of the riches of his grace, no matter how bad we've been, no matter what a mess we've been. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is... It is by dressing right, smoking right, drinking. No, stop, stop, stop. For it is by doing right. Stop, 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 stop. For it is by grace, a gift, not something you earn, but a gift given to be opened. For it is by grace and mercy you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Say gift. No, you didn't deserve it, but that's the God I'm talking about. It looked like we were just passed over, but then you got called up. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know. No, not by works, not by some kind of rule-based religion. Do this, do that, don't do this or that. It's not, it's not by works or actions, but it is by faith through grace at baptism not by work so that no one can boast. So verse 4, verse 5, mercy me. God gives us his mercy. Say amen. Yep, he does it over and over and over again. You were lost, but now you are found. Amen. It is not because you're white or you're black or you're rich or you're poor or you're married or you're single or you're from Kentucky or Florida or you're from Europe or America or whoever the heck you are. It's just because God loves people. All of us, for God is the love of the world. John 3.16, it is because of his mercy you were lost, but now are found. If you know Jesus, you were the prodigal. Maybe you screwed up every relationship in your life, but he never gave up on you. Maybe you walked out on everything and everybody. Jesus never does. No matter how messed up, turned around, mixed up, Jesus and God our Father never give up. You're still waiting to sober up, clean up, change up. Just come as you are, and God will help you do more than that. Say amen. Heck, I can't make this up. It's in the Bible, guys. I'm not kidding you. This is, this is really good news. This is forward thinking, how to get past your past. We all have a past, but don't get trapped by your past and your past thinking that God is ready, and it, all you need to do is dive in. Luke chapter 15, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. It is a party. It's not a funeral. Man, some of you are living a life every day. You're walking around, but you're already living your own funeral. Like this is horrible. Come to Jesus. There's a party to attend. There's a celebration to have. I was lost, but now I am found. Say amen. Heck, is that not exciting? What are you waiting for? What are we thinking? It's the truth. It's a forever celebration. John chapter 11, Jesus said to me, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Verse 6, Ephesians chapter 2, I just read, God gives us dignity again. Lost your dignity? 
Lost my car, lost my job, lost my family, lost everything, lost my dignity because of my behavior. He raises us up again. He raised us up in Christ when we have been rejected by others because of our sin behavior. Do you believe me? Let's see. Do you believe me? If you guys are online, I wish I could see behind that camera. I wish I could see you nod your head. Because the truth is, and I'm the same. We're all the same. We believe it to a point. But here's the problem. God can do anything except, well, you know, that one thing that I don't ever talk about. <laughs> yeah. And so we think God can take care of everybody else's mess, but there's something in my life. He can take care of maybe most of it or 80% of it or 9 out of 10, but there's something in the back of our mind like we're thinking to ourselves, everything but that. No, 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 no. He takes care of that too. He gives us back our dignity. And why would he do that? Why? Because I went to church. Wrong. Because I said a prayer. Wrong. He does it because he loves people. He loves you. That's why he would do that. That's why he would give us his son. That's what that is about. That's what that is about. The highest price that could possibly be paid was given for you and me and everyone. My goodness, guys. What a deal. Amen? It is. It is. What a deal. And, and it's the truth. I'm telling you the truth like my dentist. I hope you tell me if I've got to have a drill put in here. But man, I hope it's not that. Just tell me that I can be okay and I'll be better and I can be well. And so he tells us the truth. In the past, it looked like we had been passed over. But you can get called up because of Jesus. And it's not over. Verse 6, we're raised up and given, we're given dignity even though we've been rejected by our sin behavior. And the reason why is that verse 7, verse 8, and verse 9 is because of God's kindness shown to us through His grace. And I'm telling you the truth, there's never going to be a deal like that anywhere ever, not on Prime, Amazon Day, or any other day. Homeless people in cities and heartless people who steal from others and helpless people abused by others and hounded and famous people Whoever you are, you get another chance. Nothing like it ever before. And Jesus is not done with you either. So here's the last one. Take away. Looks like it's bad news that you got passed over. Good news is you got called up. And here's the last takeaway. The final chapter document is still being written about all of us. Our book's not finished. It's not finished. Not until God says so. It's not over when the fat lady sings. It's just not. It's over when God says so. That's the boss. Look at verse 10. Probably, this is Brian's favorite verse he told me. This is Brian's, he wrote a whole paper about verse 10. For we are God's Piece of work. You are a piece of work, buddy. <laughs> but you're going to be a masterpiece. Don't give up. Come back next time. Come back next week. Come to a small group. Come to somebody's church. Go to a revival. Go get baptized at the river and turn yourself in. Come over here and get baptized in my baptistry. Get online and send us a big waving red flag like, help me, help me, I surrender. Will you meet me somewhere? I need help. Do something. Do something, guys. Do something that really matters. You matter. Jesus has made us this offer that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do.
He's got a job for you to do. Come on, let's get with it, guys. Who do, what are you saying here? Come on. Oh, I, I stumble too much. I can't talk very good. Uh, I, I've got a crooked face. Oh, man, my, my fingers are sticky. I try to hang on to everybody's money, and I shouldn't do that. I, I don't care what your problems are. God says, we just read it, that he's got a job for all of us. We are his workmanship. We're going to be his masterpiece if we don't give up. And he tells us here that the truth is that this is exciting. He's got good stuff for us to do that he prepared in advance. No matter what our family tree looks like, no matter whether we knew our mom or dad or not, you are not an accident. And God has a plan for your life. And that's really good news. Say amen. Boy, I hope you feel better, because I tell you what, in a world that has so much negativity, and I cannot imagine how much negativity you've been walking around with today. I mean, just everything negative. If you turn on the news, if you look at the newspaper, if you hear what happened in town last night, you've just been walking around just nothing but negativity, surrounded with negativity, and you end up anxious and fearful. And that's combination in the Greek language the Bible was written in. That's that 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 Greek word for the English word anxiousness or anxious is two words put together. Angst. I've got all this angst and the the zus anxious is the same word that we use that I'm out of breath. And that's where some of you are with all the negativity. It's like somebody's just kicked all the wind out of you. You're done. I'm toast. I'm fed up. I'm fed up with me. I'm fed up with you. I'm fed up with the whole world. And God comes to make it better and set us free. Verse 10 says our life is still in production because of Jesus. And we might feel like we flunk God's inspection just about every morning because we still are sinners, verse 1, 2, and 3. And we've all blown it when Satan does some kind of facial on all of us and slam dunks us to the ground because we just look stupid, we look weak, we look silly, we acted silly. Until God steps in like a coach, puts his arm around us and goes over the details about what went wrong, and then he restores our confidence. Verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, so that verse 10 arrives. That we become God's poem. Poema is the Greek word from which in the English is poem. God is literally making our life into a poem. Your life is a work of progress. We are His workmanship. We eventually can be like a poem, but we're still in the making. We're not at that exact point in development yet, but we can, we can get there. So eventually... Like a piece of art the artist is working on over time becomes the masterpiece. It begins to take shape. Most of us don't feel like a museum piece quite yet. That's okay. Amen? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Look on the screen. Being confident of this, that he who started this, you got an old beat up jalopy man, you got fenders all tore up, you got one of doesn't even have a door on one side, but you it was a barn find, man. It was a barn find. It's a classic. You pulled it into your shop and you've been working on it for the last 25, 30 years, and you you ain't even got to the part where you're ready to paint anything. You ain't even found all the parts and pieces that got, need to go back together. But when you finally get it there, when you finally put it all together, you're going to have a masterpiece that you've really built. That's what God's doing in our life, my life and your life. But we're so impatient, we think, oh man, I got baptized. 
I went to a revival. I said a prayer. Jesus saved me. And I thought I was going to be like instant, like, like, you know, automatic, like a microwave. Like this is who I needed to be forever. Now it's happened. It's not like that at all. It's like this process that we trust that God is working and shaping. And sometimes he's taking something off and breaking it and molding it and bending it another way because it doesn't fit right. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He's not finished, but he's going to finish until the day of Christ. Say amen? We have a past, but it doesn't have to be our future, guys. Because of Jesus, that is really, 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 really good news. I'd better quit. Got to get out. Of, I got to let Connie out of the back room with the kids. I'd. Two or three other stories I could tell you, but I want to wrap it up with this because we're going to do communion. So, Doug, won't you get the communion for us? And, and honestly, I, I want to finish it this way anyway. The bottom line is the obstacle in our path today, if it's removed, whatever that obstacle is, you don't have enough faith or you don't have enough courage or you think you don't have enough time left on earth or... The bottom line is the obstacle that's holding you back from becoming what God really wants you to be, a masterpiece, if it gets removed, and God can remove it because God can do anything. He can move a mountain. Every obstacle presents an opportunity. Every obstacle that's holding us back presents an opportunity. Doug, go ahead and pass the communion. You guys hold the cup. <clears throat> I'm going to get mine. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus, if Jesus is your Savior, then you should take communion with me here in just a minute. Every time the church gathered, whether it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they took communion to remember what Jesus has done. And so we're going to do that. And you guys who are home, I hope you'll do that too. Let me kind of wrap this up, put this kind of together the way I've thought about it Romans chapter 8 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You got set free because of Jesus, Romans 8, verse 1, verse 2. Now let me, let me share this with you. Let me say this to you before you take communion. Here's the problem is that we don't believe that totally. We believe it part of the time because we're just people. What do I, what do I mean by that? What, I, what am I talking about? So, in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there's the part where I, I left my communion cup up there. I'll go get it in a second. Hang on. Listen to me. Whether you're a young adult or whether you're a senior adult or you're online or in person here let me say this and try to finish this up when I, when I say that there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus and we say we believe that I'm telling you right now we only believe that part of the time because we, we're, we're humans we're people it is very hard for us to imagine that 100% of the time that God is going to forgive everything forever because of Jesus. It just doesn't seem reasonable. The disciples, after they're watching Jesus down the cross, the disciples who had spent most of the time more time than anyone else had spent all their time with Jesus, three and a half years of ministry, and then he's arrested and crucified and put in a grave, and they're devastated. And during the Garden of Gethsemane and during the period of his arrest and his crucifixion, they just scattered. They went brain crazy. They didn't know what to do. He's the, he's the Son of God and the Savior of the world. They'd seen miracles, but, but they'd never thought that they would actually kill Him like that. And when it happened, it just devastated them. And I don't know what's devastated you. I don't know what you said or did or you regret to this day that you wish it would go away. 
But something's happened in all of our lives that we think God forgives me except for whatever that is. Whatever happened that you think is beyond pale, that there's no way. And I'm stuck with this. I'm, I'm hung with this. I'm saddled with this forever. No, you're not. I want to remind you that just after his resurrection, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene and the women who came to the tomb and then went and ran and told the other apostles. And then it says, if you keep reading, that early the next morning, the disciples went out fishing because they didn't know what else to do. They didn't go to church. They just went back to work. They said, I don't know what to do now. They went to work, which is probably what you just soon do. If somebody dies and you love them and you don't know what to do next, you got to go do something. And they're fishing, having caught hardly a thing, and Jesus appears on the shore. And they don't even recognize him. At first, they don't even know it's him. And then somebody in the boat says, it's Jesus. And they all die. Take a, here goes Peter first in the water. And, and remember, remember what happens next. What would you think might happen if you just let the Savior of the world down by running for the exits? What would you, in your mind, what would you say the first time you got to meet him again, you're fixing to get your butt chewed out, buddy. You're fixing to be told how you were dumb and how, what are you thinking? What, didn't you believe me? Did, what did Jesus do? There was no sermon. He made them breakfast. He made them breakfast. He didn't review the things that they could have, should have done. He just wanted to be with them again. He loves you and I so much that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God except ourselves. I don't care what it is that you are embarrassed about. I don't care what it is. It doesn't embarrass God anymore. Not if He's your, not if He's your Lord and Father and Jesus is your Savior. He doesn't want you to remain the way we are. He wants us to be the best that we can be. But man, I'm telling you, He wants to set you free with a breath of fresh air and that we not be anxious anymore about does God's blood cover everything? Does He forgive me of every thought and action of everything? Yeah. Take the bread. The cup. Pray with me. God, I hope that helps. I hope that I've just exploded with positive words that are truth. Not just some preacher's fable or tale that I found, but something that's in the Bible that's true forever for everyone. You just want to be with us. Why did you die and why did you go to the cross? Because you love people and you just want to be with us. We are people. We are fallen. We are broken. But because of Jesus, we are forgiven. And we have a do-over right now. We have a chance to walk away and be free. There's no condemnation. Not now, not at this moment. For those who are in Christ Jesus, may we feel like I've just received oxygen and I'm on Mars. May we feel like this is the best news I've heard all week. May we believe it for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys who are home, hope you'll join us soon. We're going to sing another song. You guys in person here, if I can help you tonight before you go home, talk, pray. If you want to do anything at all for Jesus, we'll do that too. Thank you.